Hello, and I know what you're all thinking. We should definitely start this week's episode with Sean Rooney doing karaoke in the changing room. Hello one and all and welcome to episode 23 of Dogger Saints, an unofficial St. Johnson podcast. I am Sam Miller and I am joined by the man Chesney Hawks once sung about. He's the one and only, it's Danny Williams. Ain't nobody I'd rather be, Sam. <laughs> Ain't nobody I'd rather be. How you doing anyway, mate? You alright? I'm alright, mate. I, I'm After that intro, I, I don't know whether it's just me, and I assume it is, I really want to see the contents of the boot of Sean Rooney's car. Because I know there's hair clippers in there. There's Big. a karaoke machine in there. What else do you need? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what treasures could be Who uncovered? Knows? Before we start, we must thank Daniel Lamb. Who's Daniel Lamb? Daniel Lamb is only the man behind Flonix. Dan, I need to point out there, I did actually know who you were. <laughs> that was just a segue. It was indeed, yes. Uh, again, thanks very much to Flonix who are supporting our podcast this week. That's F-L-O-N-I-X. Flonix Limited. They offer, as you will well know if you listened to St. Johnson last season on Saints TV, they offer flexible IT support, professional IT project delivery, and expert IT advice. And Dan made up a song about them last season. Yeah, it was Sam. I'm not going to do the song. I just want to echo my thanks. To... Whoa, whoa, whoa. The people want the song. I'm not going to do the song. Do the yet. song. Yo. I'm not going to do it yet. Because first, I just want to echo my thanks to Dan and everyone at Phonix for the continued support of the podcast. We appreciate it so much. And in honour of that, I'm going to sing a song. Have I built that up too much? Maybe. We'll soon find out. <laughs> Here we go. F-L-O. N-I-X If you can't spell it Gweedy will instead It's Flonix They do IT Solutions that I think are nice So if your IT needs a man Then Flonix are your friend And they support the doggers with pride It's even better than I remember it before I, I tell you It's fucking Why did McCartney have got shit on me like <laughs> Absolutely fuck all on you uh, I didn't tell you this. I've been looking after my neighbor's cat uh, this okay. week. They've been on holiday. Um, it's okay. They're back now, and he's brought lager for me. So, uh, oh, fair enough. So, cheers, Jamie. Managed to get it open first time without fucking it this time. And his cat's called Sarah, and I've been looking after it. And it's a boy cat called Sarah. Yeah, and I asked him why, and he went after one Sarah, the Dundee player. I was just about sick in my mouth. I'd have kicked the thing out on the street, and then. Kicked him out, you know, like boarded his house up while he's away. Well, that's it. I'm, I'm glad he kind of told me afterwards and not before. So the, the, there was method in his madness there, but yeah. Funnily enough, I had a teacher, right? I was at school. 
And he had a cat called Jack. And so he called this cat Jack, thinking it was a boy. And it turned out it was a girl. Well, it was not a sort of giveaway there at any point. <laughs> Did he just call it Jackie? Yeah, that's what I ended up saying. Nice. Hmm. So we've covered cats. Yeah. Another story I'm just throwing out there. And let's move on to the big bad world of countries. Let's go to New Zealand. It's an early start for a round-the-world tour, but we have got purpose we got to New Zealand. Let's say Kia Ora, hopefully I pronounced that right, to our New Zealand listeners, in which the reason I say this is because we are number 14 on the New Zealand football podcast charts. Flight of the Concords. <laughs> Kane Williamson. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. A really shit orange squash called Kia Ora. <laughs> <laughs> They're New de- Zealand's got it all. Good, it's got it all. Good rugby and team. now it's got us. Yeah, they are decent at the rugby, but... Yeah, wrong, wrong sport. So uh, uh, during this episode, we've... Thanks to uh, our good friend Jason Blythe. He's managed to uh, reach out to some New Zealand St. Johnson fans. And our show will be littered with little uh, sound clips from our from our listeners. So that'll be something to look forward to. <laughs> it's brilliant. I'm re- it's one of them wholesome things that I'm really looking forward to. It is. So a packed show this week. We are going to be discussing the current European situation as it is at the moment. I imagine by the time this episode goes out, it'll all change again. We are going to cover the Arbroath game. We are going to cover the Fleetwood game. We're going to cover alternative uses for season tickets. We've got a trip to the Club Shop of Shame. We have got the Alphabet there. We've got Theme Team. We have got Giorgio Bile and the Royal. We've got some competition winners to announce. We have got... We've got it all. I can't keep up with it, mate. It's all go. Uh, Oh, but most importantly... We've got our superstar guest. We have, and it's a goodie. It is. It's very good. We had some technical issues. Uh, when I say technical issues, we we, we kind of done the interview and we kind of lost it. <clears throat> um, no fault of our own. Uh, it was a technical issue. I lost everything. All our recordings from that day just seemed to have vanished into to thin air. Not ideal. I happened to Lynn once after she interviewed Harry Styles, and that didn't go down too well. It's small fried oil, isn't it? Yeah, especially competitive. Uh, Jim Weir, today's guest, Hall of Famer, 13 years at Saints, player, interim manager, assistant manager, brilliant football manager. Club legend. Well, there's no other words to describe him, and he has got some stories now. He's been kind of thrown under the bus by uh, his former colleagues and friends alike. Basically, everyone in central Scotland has just decided to chuck him under the bus. But he was great value, and he'll be coming up later, but... Let's talk about... Oh, I know what. Do you know what we should do now? Go on. Let's hear from one of our um, New Zealand listeners. Kia ora. I'm Ricky Gunn from Puriroa in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And there's nothing I enjoy more than finding out how the mighty St. Johnston from Scotland are doing. That's why I listen to Dogger Saints podcast. Mom the Saints. Well, that's bloody lovely, isn't it? <laughs> it's bloody lovely. A glowing reference from our favourite country. But all I could think about was the tough... The tough Brits from Flight of the Concords, yeah. If you've never, if, you, if you've never seen Flight of the Concords, it's about two guys living in New York trying to make it as musicians. They're from New Zealand. If you've never seen Flight of the Concords, you you probably fucked for this episode because I'm gonna reference them quite a lot. To be fair, we're still holding on to listeners, even though we reference uh, Phoenix Knights quite a bit, and I'm not entirely convinced everybody's watched that. He's a Berry Perry. <laughs> He's Jerry the Berry Perry. Lynn actually played um, that song from Top Gun. What's it called? Um, Take my breath away. Yeah, she played Take On By the Berlin. Breath. Yeah, and then she actually played the clip from the Phoenix Knights episode from the karaoke where they're all singing it afterwards. Walking on the moon. Walking on the moon. Aha. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Yes, so we'll discuss the Fleetwood game uh, later on. <laughs> I don't know how much detail we can go into that, but there was a particular highlight uh, from me from that match, Dan. 
when Mr Doris came over the tannoy to announce that European football will be returning to McDermott Park. <laughs> Plenty of that, but that is great news that they finally managed to come to conclusion. Absolutely tremendous news. It has been. Everything's just seems to have been a Farago for Saints at the minute. There was a whole cup final ticket thing. Like nothing, everything good has sort of come with like this caveat of you're going to have a few days of nonsense surrounding it. But no, absolutely wonderful news. It's something everyone's been looking forward to. And, you know, it was a curveball that nobody really had thought about or it's quite rightly, why would you? But when you, you know, you're, getting excited about a big game of football. You're not worrying about sort of government policy, but such is the times we live in. But no, just brilliant. Everyone, and so everyone can get excited again. Everyone can start making plans. Looking forward to it. And hopefully, fingers crossed, should things continue to go to plan in the wider scheme of things, might be able to get a really big crowd in for that. Fingers crossed. If, uh, if we get through Freedom Day, as it's been dubbed on the 12th of August. That's a terrible oh, phrase. Eh? No, <laughs> we're not going down that road. No, we're not. But if things open up, it'll hopefully get a full house. Um, but we'll we'll certainly see. That takes us on to another point. Um, I want to talk about ticketing. I know, obviously, this is the, the, the main event and where more, most of the focus is. And then the Fleetwood game, which is great news, brilliant news that season ticket holders could get into the game. Um, once the system got up and running, it was a pretty straightforward thing to get tickets. Like I said, it was a wee niggle at first, but after that. So I know the office staff get a lot of a lot of grief and shambles this, shambles that, but what they need to take it again, I want to show an appreciation to basically three people, Bev, Gemma and Sam, who kind of, they've got their own jobs. One's the liaison officer for, for St. Johnson between the link between the club and fans. One of them runs the social media stuff and uh, Gemma does the commercial stuff and all three of them are basically running the whole ticketing operation as well. It's, yeah, and I get fans' frustrations in the sort of first place, you know, when we sort of found out a couple of days before, but I think everyone knew that something was going to be in it. Everyone knew the game was coming up. And yeah, it is frustrating to be left in the dark, but yeah, I think we all knew it was going to come and just basically, you know, just, just hang tight. But I do get the frustrations um, of sort of being left in the dark, but yeah, I mean, what a, what an effort those three people and a number of other people at the club, but particularly uh, Bev, Gemma and Sam, what an effort they put in. And I mean, even going back to the Preston game, um, while I was waltzing in through the press entrance, um, <laughs> you know, giving it all press, press, <laughs> Douglas Saints podcast. Um, so while I was doing that, obviously let's walk past the, the ticket office and this is about an hour before kickoff. Hey, it was mobbed. Yeah. It was absolutely mobbed. So, and they're just, you know, they're grafting on top of doing their own jobs, running about. So, yeah, just a bit of a bit of a, bit of a thank you to those guys for the hard work they've done sort of through pre-season. And obviously, we are getting into, we are in different territory at the minute. And I think maybe that needs to be appreciated a little bit. Um, you know, not had a not had fans at a game for 16 months or so. And now, obviously, we're having to work things a little differently uh, for the time being. So, yeah, big, big up yourselves. Give yourselves one. Well done, squad. 
Right, so we had a pre-season game on Wednesday evening against Arbroath at Gayfield, usually the coldest ground in the world. What a bloody lovely evening that was. Oh, it was a it was a lovely evening. It's been it has been very, very warm. It is indeed. And we decided to take um the, the live tweeting back on the road again. I should yeah, I, I should, yeah. re- I should I think we should really come up with a better hashtag than uh, live dogging. Dogging live, sorry. We'll we'll sort that out. That it, it's a it's a teething process. I th- I th- yeah, anything using the word dogging, I think we should probably avidly avoid. What's a dogging? When you when when you meet up with friends to go walk dogs and stuff. Oh, that sounds very wholesome. <laughs> and I like wholesome. You do like wholesome. What you don't like is a car covered in jizz. <laughs> we don't. No, want... no, no, no. That's that's not what I'm after. It was four one St. Johnson. Good win. Comfortable oh, win. But yeah, very comfortable win. Uh, very polished performance. A uh, few players that. Uh, didn't make the starting eleven against Preston. Got a game, changed it about a bit. So I think it's looking like a it's turned into a pretty productive uh, pre-season. And you know, to Ange Postecoglou's eyes, a good three points. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, Aidan Smith in the Herald also said something very similar about the Preston win. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Oh it, yeah, I read that actually. Yeah. yeah. Our pal Aidan, oh, yeah, wrote in to that. Ah, scoop. Ah, there oh, he is. Ah, well, but everybody got a decent run out. Elliot Parrish had a, a blinding game. Um, good player. He's a he's a good lad to have in the squad, isn't he? Yeah. He won't let you down. And obviously, Xander's very clearly first choice. Uh, L himself would admit that, but yeah, um, never lets us down. Nope. Um, the score... <laughs> Devil lets it down when he comes in. Nope. The scoring started from Sean Rooney with a long throw, an overhead kick by Callum Henry, which was kind of prodded home by Spoonie. Second goal came just after Chris Kane came on. Nice play up the uh, up the up the park. We won two, and he put it past the keeper for the second goal of the game. He's a good preseason Spinny. He has. He's looking sharp, isn't he? He's looking very, very good. Um, I I don't want to tempt fate, but you just think he might be coming in, so he's pomp at the minute. Not from the penalty I spot. Think... Not from the no, he's he's off them. He's off them. He sent that to the fucking moon. But um <laughs> he's <laughs> we're talking about this actually when we had him on um the last episode of last season, the award show, which you've not listened to it yet, listen to it because it's really, really good. Uh, particularly interview with Spoonie, and he was uh you know, he said he's maybe feeling the benefits of a um a settled position. I've actually just talked a lot of shit there because it wasn't when we had Spoonie on, it was when we had his brother on, when we had Ian on, and we we're saying <laughs> And he said he thinks he's feeling the benefit of... Because obviously, he's such a good player. He can play in so many different positions. Turfed up at right back and stuff like that. He can play central midfield, right wing. But I just think he's so effective off that left-hand side. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, there's not much more I can add to that. Chris Kane looked great. That was his first kind of glimpse I've seen him in uh, pre-season. He's, he's looking sharp. Uh, like I said, set up the first, had a shot for the second, and Cammy Ballantyne rounded the keeper to prod at home for number three. Is he the third goal? He was oh, no, fourth. I beg your pardon. It was Jamie McCart scored as well. He Jamie scored the McCart- second, yeah. Is that his first goal? That was his first ever goal for the club. I know it doesn't count, but it's the first time he's found the net in a Saints shirt. But, yeah, I mean, he's been he's looked good in pre-season again. And, yeah, you, the boy Ballantyne, I think he's one we might be seeing a little bit more of this season. I think so. Um, he was pretty cool and composed. As I say, you can't look too much into it as a pre-season friendly and it's a, it's a run out for these guys, but... They, they all put in a great effort. I thought Bryson would look sharp. Um, Kerr was excellent when he came on. Valentine did excellent to kind of, for the composure around the keeper, knock it in. McCart getting a goal. Rooney played the full 90 minutes. Elliot Parrish looked solid as a backup. 
some people would say our our Twitter our live dogging was um, biased towards El Parish. I, I think I only refer to him as um, somebody only Donnarumma can aspire to be. He kind of flapped at one, and Callum David, uh, Callum Henry, beg your pardon, cleared it off the line. And I think we suggested that maybe he did it deliberately to get Callum Henry's confidence up. I think that I think that's fair comment. I think that's fair enough. You know what? I want to say something here. Thank and God. I've said, Please do, because I'd have to talk for an hour and a half if you didn't. I've said all my life, I've said, I'll never see a better goalkeeper than Peter Schmeichel. I'm not saying we're biased towards Elliot Parrish, but I was wrong. <laughs> I'm going to have to retract that statement. It, take, it takes a classy man to admit he was wrong. And I'm not a classy man, but I'm going to do it anyway. Good man. Uh, and oh, there was, I could also hear shouts of El Paz ringing out around the ground as well, which is a which is a nice thing to hear. What have we started? It's taken off. El Paz is the man. Oh, I've I've ordered some letters for my uh, my uh, macaron top that I bought for two pound in the club have shop. You? Yeah, I bought an E, an L, a P, an A, and a Z, a one and a two. <laughs> oh dearie me! To be fair, he's last... going to gonna end up taking out restraining orders on us. I think so. Um, he doesn't reply to my messages anymore about going out for dinner. Or drinks. No. I told him he like or a, or a cuddle. I, I just asked him what he was watching on the telly because he looked like it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake! Right, come on. Right, we'll we'll move on. But uh, a comfortable win, a good run out for everybody. The pitch looked absolutely horrific, dry as a bone, but a, a decent workout. And then it's on to Ross County next week, which we'll touch on with some very good news, which everybody knows about now at the end of the podcast. Kia ora, I'm Ashley Hansen from Foxton in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And when I need the ins and outs about what's going down with the Saints dominating in the Scottish League, the Dogger Saints podcast is the go-to. Mom the Saints. So on Facebook, with all the positivity, with the cut wins and stuff, there's still a couple of grumbles coming from people about not receiving their season tickets, um, lack of contact from the club regarding the Fleetwood game, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so... I've got my season ticket cards through, three of them for me, for Nolan, for Miles, and they're still in the envelope because there's nothing I can do with them just now. I don't know why people are losing their shit about not getting their season ticket. Yeah, I suppose people are just getting excited, aren't they? And just, don't, just want it there. I don't know. Don't defend them. I, 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 I've, had mine, I've had mine sat in my kitchen drawer for about three weeks, so I don't really care. So I put it to the people of Facebook, uh, the St. Johnson banter page specifically about alternative uses for the season ticket. And I said, the best one, we'll give them a wee badge. So we had a few suggestions in, uh, which I have noted down. Davy Ferguson, long his name pops up quite a bit in the show, he would use it as an ice scraper for his car. <laughs> oh, look, th- right, Fergie, how long is it going to take you to scrape your, your windscreen, mate? In July, not very long, because it's not likely to get frosty. Yeah, but say he was taking this into the frostier months of the year. Ah, I'd say he'd be there. He'd be what's it? He'd have to get up at about five in the morning. By that point, car's frosted over again. Ah, that's a good point. Good a rethink point. required. But it could be used as an ice scraper. We can't agree it on that. Be. It Theoretically, could be. Theoretically, it could be. I can't argue with it. Uh, Chick, Chick Sinclair um, said he used it to fix his lawnmower. I'm not entirely sure how he used that, but there was a nice photo of the card <laughs> next to his lawnmower, which, which was a nice, <laughs> nice look. Check, I really need to know more about that, mate, because I'm very intrigued. It really did ask more questions than answered that one. Uh, Jim Eccleston, supporter of the show, pizza slicer. Mm, yeah. I think that would work. Yeah, I think it'd work. Um, Alan McGregor, who, he sent a video of it and <laughs> using it as a cat toy. D- did you see this video? Basically, the, the cat and the season ticket were sitting on a table and the cat just battered it off the table. See, I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever floats the cat's boat. <laughs> Season tickets. Cats are like that, though, aren't they? They'll find just anything and just like Aye. twat about. <laughs> twat about a season ticket. And the winner uh, was young Amy Heller, who was using it as a guitar plectrum. Not only that, they sent in a clip of her using it to play Survivor from Rocky. Bloody excellent, and that deserves a badge. That deserves a badge. I quite like that version, actually. It is like, I the Tiger had a bit of a haunting quality on, a, on the acoustic. It was. A bit slower. It, it was good, so well done to Emmy. That was, that was excellent. Badge in the post. That's my second favourite version of I had a Tiger. What's your favourite? Right. right, there's this commentator in South America. Let's see if I can find it. Can I this bu- commentator in South America. Can I button very quickly? See when you said, uh, that's my second favourite version. Obviously, I went in with, what's your favourite version? See when I said that to Lynn, I went, oh, this is the second best cake I've ever had. She went, oh, is it? And this goes on in her way. And I'm going, I'm, I'm teeing you up here to ask me. She, she just doesn't do it. She went, this is my <laughs> second, second favourite film of all time. She went, oh, yeah, I really like this film. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. No, there's a follow-up there, Lynn. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. I don't, I don't ask she ever got to interview Harry Styles, <laughs> but she can't even ask you a follow-up. <laughs> So you can't... Right, there's this um, commentator in South America. Apparently he's famous over there, but I... So they do the Premier League games, English Premier League games, sorry. And like, and then they'll play a bit of music afterwards. But then he'll sing over it. And so they played... I, I remember this far, obviously. So it's Paul... Paul Scholes had scored a goal. And he's against Liverpool. And they played I had a Tiger. And he sings over it. And he's going, goal... Gold is skulls. Gold is skulls. <laughs> that is definitely something I'm going to need to hear, and we'll 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 find it and put it. Will we put it out next week? Yeah, we'll put it out next week. It's world class, absolute world class bit of entertainment. A fine version. Flonix offers flexible IT support, professional IT project delivery, and expert IT advice. Our head office is based in Perth, but with offices in Edinburgh, Manchester, and London, we service most areas within the UK. We can support any size of company and we excel in delivering fast, reliable and accountable service to our clients. We take a flexible approach to IT, which is determined by our clients' business needs. We can operate as the client's IT department or add to an existing IT resource within the company. Our people are highly trained professionals who have the expertise to access, repair and maintain any PC, server, network or Apple Mac system. Check out flonix.co.uk for all the details. I think we've chatted pish long enough. Do you want to speak to a bona fide St. Johnson legend? We say St. Johnson legend every week, but when you've been graced with a place in the Hall of Fame, it's kind of justified saying that. There's levels, in there? Yeah, he's peak legend. He absolutely is, and it was a total pleasure to have him chat to us, and yeah, we really hope you all enjoyed us as well. Nicest guy in the world, as they all are. But no, let's speak to Jim Weir. Hi, Jim, how you doing? I'm oh, fine, Sam. Danny, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Thanks a lot, Jim. Hey, boy, that. Hey, boy, that. Uh, Jim, really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Um, we've got some listener questions from uh, some people that are going to throw you under the bus, mainly some of your pals and their son. Right, I see that. <laughs> which, we will get, which we will get to in due course. But let's start at the top, Jim. Um, you signed for Saints. They were trying to get you for a wee while. Yeah, I mean, when St. Johnson came in, I think it was about third or fourth attempt before I finally agreed to join. 
Um, there, were, there was a couple of reasons. Um, you know, Stuart Duff uh, was obviously dealing with Stuart Duff, who we know Stuart is not the most easiest to deal with. <laughs> um, um, but uh, I was I was I was carrying a wee injury while I was at Hearts. So I was needing another another hernia. Um, I, I could still play, but I was struggling with it. And you know whether I would last uh, the season would have been would have been diffi- difficult. So I knocked it back um, a couple of times based on that. Uh, you know, Hearts hadn't made them aware of it, and also, uh, you know, truth be told, Hearts were, were sort of due me some money. Mm-hmm. Um, until I got that sorted out, uh, I wasn't I wasn't going anywhere. And Stuart, Stuart sort of gave me a couple, certainly two at least, ultimatums. Right, this is the final sort of offer. This is a deadline. But um, thankfully, I finally agreed. Um, I, I was honest enough. I had a chat with John Blackley before before deciding to come and, and let him know my situation. Um, and uh, I, I think I lasted about 12 to 13 games. I think I missed the last two or three games of the season. Um, for memory serves in a wee, a, a short uh, short part of the start of the new season. Uh, St. Johnson sent me down to, to, to London to get the, the, the groin and the hernia problem sorted out. So it took a wee bit of time, but you know I'm pleased that I, I, I joined in, in the end never really looked back after that how did you get on with John Blackley like we spoke to Danny Griffin and remember I think it was the Dundee 7-2 game and uh, his teeth flew out and it was on the pitch and he was he was a reasonably uh, frightening man oh Slip was a brilliant partnership him and uh, Logie together just a brilliant partnership really hard to please um, tended to, to, to give the defenders a hard time spent a lot of time with us you know, uh, you know, training. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, we had the best defensive record in the league, but yeah. the defenders were in at nine o'clock, getting shape and and, and worked as a back four, um, and then the rest of the squad went into t- to ten o'clock. And you know, at that point, we won the score. And we we were moaning. We were saying, "Is it not the strikers you should have any <laughs> for some shooting practice?" Because, um, you know, that that's the way Slip was, and he just he just worked us and worked us and worked us. But you know, a, a lot of demands, and if Slip wasn't happy. Um, you know, you, you you certainly you certainly knew about it. You could you could tell uh, by the look. I write few arguments where I'm doing the years, but at the end of the day, um, I always I learned a lot from him. I'm not going to deny that. No, he was a, a character by all accounts. In fact, when we won the league against East Fife, I don't know if you remember, we were two nothing up it was at half time, and they got back to two all. Eh? Two all. The boy Craig Ronald. I've got an unbelievable memory when it comes to games. The boy Craig Ronald, I think, scored two for them. That's right. And Fizzy, Fizzy Scott scored the winner uh, late on uh, to, to win us the game. And obviously, you're celebrating, win the league. You know, I, I was I was actually couldn't enjoy it till about 10 o'clock at night because John, John Blackley wouldn't talk to us because of the two goals we lost. <laughs> and he didn't actually lighten up to about 10 o'clock at night and then I could actually enjoy myself. Was, how, uh, sorry, Jim. Was sorry, there a little man. bit of good cop, bad cop there with him and Loggy? Uh, just two bad cops. Two bad cops. <laughs> <laughs> just two bad cops. You know, it, it was funny because they were they were great. They were brilliant coaches. A lot of demands and players, and you know, have a laugh with you as well. And um, you know that that that's the type they were. You know, if we if you didn't get a good result on the Saturday, you know, you get the cold shoulder treatment on the Monday for a few hours until <laughs> until we get training out the way. That's the that's the way they were like. And Slip used to do. He used to do the warm up quite a bit. Ways to start. With. He liked. To, he liked to try and keep his cell ticking over. So, um, depending how the the uh, the game went on the Saturday, 
would depend how bad <laughs> we warm up was on the Monday. <laughs> Makes for a nervous weekend on the Sunday night. Um, yeah, yeah, it sure was. But I remember that that season, I was almost, we weren't going to lose. We were battering four goals every week for fun. I remember Fizzy scored a double every week for about a month uh, on the wee run up to, yeah, the, right. to the win. But my first away game that season, I remember, I can't remember if it was at Clyde Bank, but you were sent off bizarrely. You had a head bandage on. That was my last memory of that game. Um, Do you know, it's, you know that, that game, it was incredible. My brother was learning to drive and uh, he got himself a wee mini metro and hadn't even passed his test. So he, he, he wanted to come to the game and it was a, it was a really roasting hot day right. and he wanted to come to the game. But um, So I was, I was in, I was in uh, Uddingston at the time and he, um, I don't think I was living there, but um, I was through there for some reason or through at my low. So I said, look, you can drive through. So I was letting him drive through. Um, but he's, he's running late, so he's keeping me late. Uh, and so we're in the car and I'm telling him, go, go through. And he was like a nervous wreck. I've never been so scared in all my life in driving this car. And then when we hit roadworks as well, going over sort of uh, the, um, it was a kind of back road. We hit roadworks. You know, you used to go over the old, what's the bridge there? It was the bulkhead at the time, Dumbarton's ground. That's right. Um, oh, not Kincardine. Kincardine Bridge. That's it, yeah. No, it's not Kincardine. Is it Kincardine? It must be Kincardine no, Bridge. That's what, um, Well, anyway, so, I said to him, just stay here. So he's took the wrong lane. We've ended up going over the bridge the wrong way, so we're heading towards Glasgow. And at that time, you had to pay the tolls. So we had to pay it twice. I said, you're going the wrong way. The ground's that way. So I was half an hour late, and Luggy and Sloop were going mental at me. Absolutely mental. Um, and then about, uh, I think it was about five minutes before half time, um, me boy James Grady elbowed me and I, got, I, got, I ended up, it was right on the touchline and, and because it was so warm, the blood was just spurting out of it. And Davey Henderson just grabbed me straight up sort of towards the, the dugout area and big bandage on the head. And as I was coming on, Willie Young booked me. I says, Willie, what are you booking me for? He says, I, I've got to book you. You left the field I play without, without my permission. He says, ah, Jim, don't worry. He says, it's only one pointer. Um, never thought I'd know that. And obviously we beat two one that day. I'm sure yep. we did. Yep. And with five minutes to go, I decided to leave one on somebody because we were getting beat. And uh, and as Wally Young's flashing me the second yellow, he says, "It's a bit more than one point now, Jim. Sorry about that." <laughs> so that's how I get sent off, and it was the worst day ever. That I um... kept my gown has a laugh about it because he got absolute belters after the game. He says, "You're half an hour late." He says, "You get sent off, we get beat." And he says, I'm the one that gets all the stick and you get away with it. <laughs> well, <laughs> like I've to the brunt yet at times. I don't, I don't appreciate you bringing up James Grady either. He's not a name that, uh, that no, uh, no, last well in the St. No, Johnson no, memory, certainly. But oh, I, that's true. I think, that's well, true. we were speaking to John O'Neill, uh, Dell was on once, and I think I think he mentioned really young as well in the Celtic Cup game um, where he got sent off, where he was demonstrating what happened, where somebody kind of laid a boot into him. And no, he, it wasn't Willie was well Young. It wasn't Willie Young. It was uh, it was Hugh Dallas. It was Dallas. That was it. Yeah, it was right. Hugh Dallas. It was Hugh Dallas. And I would get Callum Davidson get got a penalty given against them uh, late on, and that, that, I'm sure that's how they won the game. We Simon Donnelly scored. That's right. Roddy um, got sent off for a handball for punching it in in the last minute, and that that's was, right. That was just that's right. One of them magical right. magical nights under the floodlight, so to speak. But. You touched earlier on, Jim, about uh, your relationship with Stuart Duff. Um, that's still ongoing 30 years later. 
Uh, me and Stuart, I, I don't see him as much. He actually just lives around the corner. Uh, me and Stuart we, 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 we became real good friends because, you know, after games, you know, he would just stay up the road for me. So him and Dave Sidey obviously having a few drinks in the boardrooms and on the bus and I would drop the two of them off. Mm-hmm. Dave, I used to pour into his house and <laughs> just as long as I got him home safely. Uh, Flo used to say as men, me and Stuart often stopped at the, the Leffen farmhouse just for a drink before I went, before I went home. But, um, that, that sort of friendship started and, uh, you know, ended up, um, Stuart asked me once uh, when we were friends, he said that he would like to learn to drive and learn to swim. <laughs> so I taught them both, I helped to teach them both and um, <laughs> unfortunately we made the papers uh, because of it. How, um, how so? Well, <laughs> we're on the way back to the swimming and Stuart had, by this time had obviously booked in lessons with an instructor. And uh, he'd, he'd been out a few times on his own. So we well, coming back for the swimming. I said to him, look, just, just drive my car. And he said, I've not got any old plates. I said, well, just up the road. Don't worry. So I said, I'll keep you right. So driving the car, just the, the, tra- the roundabout, the Riggs Road, he's just, instead of sort of following the road, running to the left, he said, he kind of cut the traffic a wee bit, although there wasn't any traffic. The next minute, the blue light's behind us. Oh, it was, it was funny. <laughs> Uh, Stuart sat in the back of the police car I just couldn't stop laughing <laughs> and he, he was panicking for days oh but... he'd have been a, an absolute nervous wreck no oh, Stuart no. as well uh, so at, at the end of the day I, I had to it was me that had to plead uh, guilty Stuart got off with everything because it was my car and no L plates I was the one to get in trouble but thankfully it didn't really get to anywhere apart from making the papers um, and that's when the players found out about me teaching Stuart Duff to, to swim as well so come into training <laughs> Uh, the next day after it had been in the papers and I could tell with the faces of all the guys as I sat getting ready, something was up. And next minute, here comes, uh, I think it was John Paul McBride and, and me, John O'Neill, uh, with a pair of Speedos on and a pair of swimming goggles, kidding on those swimming at the shower area. <laughs> uh, two cards, they looked pelters for it. <laughs> and coincidentally and enough, done, done, sorry, carry on. I actually done, I actually, you know, the club have the uh, Burns, Burns Supper every year. Uh-huh. And they asked me to be the, the be me to be the pussy Nancy, uh-huh. and it was just that same week that it had come out, and uh, and just as I was going in, because you've got to hold the haggis above your head and you've got the the, the, the chef's outfit on, just before I was going into the door with all the guys and all the people that's uh, there for the burn supper, the chef Stuart, I can't remember Stuart's second name. He stuck an L plate on my back. <laughs> 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 so I couldn't do anything because I was holding the haggis above my head. So um, He's absolutely I done you there. Stick. I took a bit of stick. But no, I mean, sure, are still really good pals. Yeah. Enjoy um, a game of golf together. Uh, he's, uh, I think he, I think he did a, uh, when the, the pandemic started, he, he fielded quite a bit. And like we didn't see him down the staff club for, for about eight, nine months. He's, he's coming back in now, which is great again. So... Um, uh, under the new regime, him. well, Abby Ramsey's now the president of the staff club. Oh, is he? Ah, uh, there's been oh, a no. there's been a takeover, so he's he's the he's the main man. I think my dad's on the committee as well, which is an absolute shamble. So I have no idea how that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna pan he's out. He's declared himself fabric convener. What is it? I don't even know what that means. What does he do? Just buy tables no, and chairs? No, I don't, boy. Crap me up. Uh, it gives him well, a it's deal. probably needing a change anyway. It's probably needing a change. I think so. Just freshened up a wee bit, get the kind of the younger team in there. Um, we'll talk about a couple of games. Um, two I wanted to talk about Rangers. Um, you were injured for an awful long time. You came back and you scored a memorable goal, maybe a more memorable celebration. Um, and that was a three-one win against uh, against Rangers that day. Claus, a massive Rangers team, a superb Rangers team. 
and you gave it the celebration uh, directed towards the main stand in particular. Steve McLean recently for Saints, I say recently, about four years ago, got, I think, fined for it because he was, because his dad was in the crowd and he said, you've not scored in ages. And he gave it the get it up you to his dad in the crowd and got fined. You did something similar. Um, who was that directed to? Well, it's funny with that because I'd been out 11 months with my Achilles. Mm-hmm. Uh, John John, John McQuillan was suspended, so I was playing right back that day. Um, but in the afternoon of the game, my big pal, George Browning, uh, came around to the house and obviously George likes his football coutings. He came around and he, he was obviously, it was a Sunday night, so he had his teams up to the Saturday and he says, look, big man, he said, I hope you do really well and play well tonight, he said. Um, but I'm waiting on uh, Rangers for about 600 quid. So I says, how can you back against your own team? He says, he said, oh, right, just money's money. And and I think Rangers had had hammered them about seven nothing a few weeks before it in the yeah. McDermott Park game. He said so. But he says, I hope you do well. I'll not be too bothered. He said, if, if St Johnson won, because obviously I'm a St Johnson fan, and I was livid. Um, <laughs> so obviously when I scored the opening goal, and I think there was one or two people as well doubted me getting back into the team. And, you know, ever coming back the way that Dodds and Kerner had had been, you know, performing and, and rightly so. I'd played about maybe 10, 12 reserve games without really getting a sniff. Yeah. Uh, and at one point, you know, was almost on the verge of joining Dunfermline. And uh, okay. um, I, I, I got I got a wee break with John getting suspended and got back in the team. But that that feeling when I scored that goal and, and, and I knew that, uh, George would be sitting there thinking about six hundred quid. I just thought I was. I would say, "I'm get it up, you big man." That's what happens when you bet against your own team. Uh, well, that's but, uh, it. I, it rightly a, deserved. It was a thing I tended to do a lot. It was a thing I tended to do a lot. You know, when we scored goals, not that I scored a lot of goals. I think about six. You know, I, I used to do it to wind up fans, but it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't meant that way. It was just. It was just the way I used to sort of celebrate winning. Yeah. Um, you no, know, no. I, 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 the fist wasn't up the way. It was sort of more. Sort of a horizontal position, but I'd say you get done for that now. That's well, I uh, frowned upon, I think, but no, it was probably a bit of a release for you as well after being on, like I said, 11 months out with an injury, coming back and, and scoring yeah. against Rangers. So, um, I'll never forget it. It was great stuff, but remember, we, we played Rangers, I think, the season, the 96 97 season at Ibrox in the league, yeah, Scottish Cup third round. Now, I don't really want to talk about the game. I want to talk about the kit briefly. Um, we wore teal and magenta that day. Do you remember that kit? And uh, what was your opinion of it? No, I, it's funny. I quite liked the kit. I, I remember that would be my, probably my first season or, or certainly second season or whatever it may be. But certainly it was one that stands out. I don't think it lasted long, but I wouldn't say it was my favourite. But I didn't mind it at all. I really didn't mind it. I do remember, I certainly do remember the game, but it's... Uh, it's no one that I would probably buy myself, but I didn't <laughs> mind wearing the kit itself. Well, that's we we are desperate to try and get it back, but I don't think St. Johnson are playing ball with it because it's been well, that's twenty five year anniversary of that green and purple kind of half kit. So we're thinking, let's try and get well, it. You 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 remember the wee the wee tartan one as well? Ah, yeah, that was the season before, like the third kit. I remember, uh, uh, I Kev scored against. I think it was Dundee United at home wearing it. Um, if I remember, um, that was a beauty. The uh, Saints yeah. tartan kit. Aye, 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 that's right, that's right. It was technically, it wasn't a Kevin Gold, it was an OG. There you go, it was an OG for uh, Stephen Presley. Kevin won the header, but I hit Stephen Presley, it was an own goal. Kevin will kill me for saying that. You're allowed to give him a wee bit of stick. Um, <laughs> but talking about famous kits, Monaco, uh, the red and white kind of split, managed to rock up to McDermott. You played the away leg, um, which was an Alan Main masterclass for the best part. 
um, unlucky to come away with a 3-0 defeat, but a good experience. Oh, just brilliant. That that whole trip was just amazing. After we've, we've beat Vasa, um, you know, the, the home game, and then, you know, sitting there watching the draw come through in Monaco, it was just, it was incredible. Great, great feeling. Um, you know, just, we were staying in a, a, a top hotel right on the hairpin where the Grand Prix is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the sort of build up to the game. We were there overnight, so we had an overnight stay, whereas Vasa, we flew back after the game. So, with a wee chance to sort of, you know, take a wee bit of it in, although we weren't really allowed to do anything because we were due to play Aberdeen or Dundee in the Saturday, if memory serves me. It right. was Dundee, or, uh, Aberdeen away, I think, and I think we won a 3 0, if, if my memory's up there. Yeah, we did win 3 0 when I scored the third goal. I just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> that's, that's why I mentioned it, Jim. I knew that. I was just teeing, teeing you up for that one. <laughs> Uh, so and I missed that because I, because I was struggling with my left Achilles at that point of tendonitis and then the, the two games, you know, the Thursday night and then the Sunday, I, I just I, I put myself out for the for the uh, for the uh, for the away leg. In fact, you're wrong. It was actually Aberdeen was after Vasa. Dundee was after Monaco. You're right. It was just before the Monaco away game was Aberdeen. Because remember, we were singing that they were they were going to Cardona as we were going to Monaco. Ah, there we go. So, I'm just going to point out here, I'm keeping a score of who remembers more games out of you two. <laughs> a... I think, Jim, I think you've just edged ahead there, mate. It's turning well, into a bit of Tom right. Trump's, isn't it? I can't remember what happened yesterday, but see when it goes back to the football games with St. Johnston, I can remember them like yesterday. Your debut for Bank Foot, Jim. Right, let's go to that one and see what you remember with that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I take it this is Drew Fleming that's threw this one in. Um, oh, no, I, I went to help out Bankfoot. You, you, obviously, your, your dad was heavily involved there and Robin Woodnack, great people. I went there to help out. Um, Ian Duff was a good pal of mine for years. Yeah. So, um, but I was doing it with Scythe. Um, they were top of the league and Bankfoot were bottom of the league. And uh, the game finished 1 uh, 0. We absolutely battered them. Um, uh, did, even though we were doing 10 men, that. Um, Pally mine, Drew Fleming, Scooby, silly, get sent off. He, he keeps blaming me for it because he get booked for descent. Um, you he, like him, you know, shouting, shouting his mouth off, loads to say, <laughs> and uh, and then his second yellow card, he says, I gave him a, a pass that was short, but you know, all I've said to him was that you know he was he's a he was a bit slow getting onto the ball, um, and the fact that he get he get booked for descent, it's not my problem, but. Uh, so uh, it was it was a nice experience. I actually enjoyed the game. I enjoyed my spell, but um, Scooby has never let me forget that debut. That's he's, for sure. But he's also been in touch uh, regarding. You just said the panda at Love Street. That was that was all it said. So I am as much in the dark about this as Danny is. Oh, Tam Cowan and uh, Stuart Cosgrove for the have a real laugh about that during the years. Uh, but, great, silly. You know that was the year. The Dundee United come back for two nothing to stay up, and obviously St. Mirren get relegated. They kind of relegated St. Mirren when we were two nothing up. Paul Hartley gets sent off, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, probably wasn't the Alan Main's best game that day. Um, and you know, a lot of the St. Mirren fans uh, wanted to vent their anger. So stupidly, Sandy arranged a pre-season friendly at St. Mirren the very following season. They've been relegated. Um, they're still blaming us for you know, the team getting relegated with the Dundee United result. And uh, they had, obviously, the, the main ma uh, sort of the, the mascot 
and it was a panda and they had this smaller panda. I don't know what you call a small panda. <laughs> Just two pandas, right? So the big ones got out. They've got these cheese boards around them and, and, and the wee ones following Alan Main about with a sign on it saying Spot the Arab and the bigger <laughs> ones floating about with one saying uh, who sell the jerseys and all that. So wow. um, the, the, the panda, uh, the bigger panda, I didn't pick the wee one, the bigger panda happened to say something as I was going off the park so I had a wee go at him. Um, <laughs> um, so I don't I, I can't remember what I'd done I think I made him eat the cheese board but uh, but uh, so and then I and then I get sent off in the game or four years get sent off in the game pre-season uh, friendly the game kicked off <laughs> but I missed the opening game against Celtic uh, live on television because it me and Stuart McCluskey I get sent off first uh, and then I, I was sort of in the shower next minute and comes Stuart McCluskey he gets sent off as well and two of their players get sent off so it was a wee bit of a Naughty encounter, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't the best because I got fined a week's wages as well for it, which didn't go down too well. Not and then ideal. there was headlines in the paper, wasn't there? The panda made me do it because obviously, stupidly, I spoke to the press after. <laughs> Brilliant! Uh, that was well, well done to Drew for that one. Uh, the story I didn't know that one, but uh, also his father has been in touch. A good friend of yours, Davy. I think you watched the League Cup final at his. I know it's just well I think we were working under the restrictions I think you were allowed Um, that I think we watched outside in in the garden with a telly outside that was absolutely uh, fine at the time I think uh, we had a brilliant laugh it was a brilliant day Um, you know just watching the game and a few drinks and uh, and I had I had had, he's probably told you about the outfit this is where this is coming from (laughs) yep the very Um, one So we were we were up singing that up singing in the tables and I was singing Delilah and stuff like that. But I had bought a wee outfit that was supposed to be as a, as a surprise, uh, a joke that Avon made. Um, she was sitting one night and my partner Avon said to me, somebody on the tail, it was a woman that, and the woman came out with flares on and she says to me, "Did you ever wear flares?" And I could, I looked at her and I says, "What age do you think I bloody am?" <laughs> So I actually, I actually, I actually bought an Elvis suit. You know the white suit. It was like John Travolta won the Elvis one, the oh, white yeah. suit with the black shirt. So it was supposed to be a sort of surprise of on one night, and uh, so I decided to do it the League Cup final. Um, so I went away through to the toilet, pulled on this League Cup final, and put this sort of uh, the John Travolta tune on and come walking through dancing. So Davy's got a video of it. So please, <laughs> Davy Fleming, don't be sending it in. All right. <laughs> Davy Fleming, there's a pint in it for you, my friend. It was was a great day, absolutely brilliant day, and then obviously the Scottish Cup final. We watched up at the up at the Cherry Bank, as you know, Lynn saw me. Um, She saw some bad dance moves. I think they they went on some social media. So uh, the least said about that, the better. Let's talk about the football. Aye, I think so. Let's move on. Um, We can talk about football. We can talk about getting caught in a lift by Sandy Clark. Another Dave Fleming. He has thrown you absolutely under the bus with these ones. Well, that was the Monaco trip. Um, as I said to you, we're staying in a top hotel and we were getting an overnight stay there. We were only flying back to the next day. Big fancy hotel, you know, mirrored in three sides. So Sandy had warned us we weren't allowed to go out because we're due to play, we're due to play uh, Dundee on the Saturday. You're not allowed to do it. Um, we'd flown back for when the, the same night in Vassa. So there was me, Roddy, George Boyle, Riedel, John Paul McBride. There was about six or seven years and we were all sitting playing a game of cards and we are having a few beers in the room. 
So Big Roddy, uh, one or two said, oh, we're not staying in, we'll just go and find a pub. You know, you can't be in every pub, we'll find a pub and we'll go and get a few drinks. So we all decided to sneak out, I think it was about four or five years. We were on the fifth floor or something like that. So we get into a lift, and the lift stops, uh, I think it was a, a floor down or the third floor, and in walks Sandy Clark's wife. And she says, her name was Liz. Liz says, where are you lot going? Yeah. And we're going, Liz, we're just sneaking out for a pint. Don't, don't tell him. He's going to find us a week's wages. He says, but we're just going to for a couple of pints, I promise. She, he, he, Big Roddy's like, we'll, we'll, we'll just sneak out without him seeing us. She's like, she says, don't know how you're going to sneak out, guys. Because he's on the ground floor waiting in this lift open for me, <laughs> waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> so there, was, there were five years we're trying to squeeze into the one corner where you couldn't see the mirror, so Sandy wouldn't see us. Um, and we got to the bottom, unfortunately, he was there. We couldn't hide. And... Uh, and, and Sandy just said to us, look, guys, if you if you decide to uh, go, he said, it's a week's wages, I've warned you. And Big Roddy tried to make the, make the excuse that well, we're just going out a walk for, so he could buy himself fags. But, um, <laughs> that, that, did, that, that didn't happen. But funnily enough, we ended up, we went back to the room, continued playing the cards. And all the rooms sort of looked onto the, the, the hotel uh, pool. And it was kind of a raised pool, so you had to sort of, when you got to the ground floor, you had to walk up a couple of steps. Mm-hmm. So we ended up having a daft game of cards. So it ended up there was a forfeit. So whoever uh, was out first had to do uh, sort of three lengths of the pool naked. <laughs> whoever was out second had to do two lengths, and whoever was out third. Now, we were just there with our tracksuits on, our St. Johnson tracksuits. Funniest, uh, honestly, one of the funniest things ever. So I go back to my room, I got a towel, I'm out third. John O'Neill's at first, he's to do three lengths, and we, John Paul McBride's the two lengths. So I gets down, and as I gets down to the ground floor, we, we John Paul McBride's hiding at the steps, looking into the pool to see wee Dell's in. So he sees wee Dell's, got all the tracksuit off, ball it naked, all the guys are watching for the for the, for the balconies, laughing, cheering on. I mean, there's there's other guests there. <laughs> and uh, we, we, John Paul McBride's just crouching down. And I said to him, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm waiting till wee Dell gets in. He says, once he's in, he's naked. I'm stealing his clothes. <laughs> I was like, brilliant, wee man. Brilliant. So he sneaks up the stairs, but he doesn't realise I'm sneaking behind him. And he grabs Dell's clothes, but he's not seeing me behind him. And there's wee Del shouting for the other side of the, the other side of the, 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 the pools. He's swimming back. What are you doing, McBride? McBride says, I'm taking your clothes, wee man. And I went, no, you're not. And I just couped him in. I just couped him. He's got all his tracksuit on. He's got wee Dell's tracksuit on. Honestly, the balconies were laughing their heads off. The two of them, are, they two are fighting in the water for the clothes. I think the two of them are still trying to dry out when we're going to the airport the next day because that's all the clothes they have. Oh, it was hilarious. Brilliant. That's the kind of... You maybe had to be there. No, not at all. That's that's the kind of stuff you want. That's, that's why the team was so successful. The kind of... The kind of that's what I'm looking for, the kind of team spirit that you, you had. Ah, we had a great team spirit. Similar to the, the team at the moment, I think, as well. I think that's been the, the pinnacle of St. John's success over the over the years, I would say. And you are very, very fortunate to be one of the very few players in the St. Johnson Hall of Fame. I mean, it's an absolute honour. Um, when I got the call, uh, I think 2000, 2019 or 2018, I think it was, if memory serves me right, but uh, I've got all the, you know, the, the the memories for that night are sat here in front of me and, and, and uh, just below my television, me and Yvonne and one, my son, my uncle, my brother and the other, uh, me and my son. Um, yeah, j- just in, in the salver that, that, that 
you know, tells me everything about it. I had 13 fabulous years there. Yeah, you know, I would like to have played more, but, you know, injuries curtailed a lot of the times that I, that I should have played, I would have played. Um, I just trained too hard and didn't take a rest. And, you know, that's the way I was. I trained the way I played and I gave it everything. But that night was, was really special. And there a lot of people there to celebrate it with me. Um, I'll never forget it. Yeah, come back here and had a party. Um, and as I say, to be, you know, in, in a, a sort of list of the, the people that are, are already there is just an absolute honour. Um, and as I say, I, I give everything away. I mean, down the years, I've given everything away. Shug Taylor's got my medal when we, got, when we get uh, promoted. Donald Houston's got my Willie Sanyog top. I, I couldn't tell you, but David Fleming, you know, I've, there's nothing in this house that I just seem to give everything away to people that, I know that it doesn't mean anything to me. I'm just you not know, one of these people for keep I, mean, I know how, how much it means to supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, but you know, the the the, the Hall of Fame plate, uh, silver silver, I'll, I'll, that'll be that's going to one place and that's to my son when I'm not here, he'll get that. Uh, my Aye. son Sam, but one that's, that's a solid that's, name that's, and two I it's um, something that nobody can ever take that away from you. I think we spoke to Nick Dazvich and he he even came back from Canada for it and um, can all the players go back together? He's a nice guy, Nick. We had him on um, near the start of the season. Again, we had a bit of an incident where we lost the file on his interview, but we managed to, to, get, to get that one back. We, didn't, uh, we had to do it at like three in the morning because of Canadian time, so it was like the last thing I wanted to do was call him back. Well, I, I, I've, I've always kept in touch with Nick. Nick. Nick, when he comes back to Scotland, usually sort of stays with me. I've put him up a few times comes to visit, you know, and we've always been, been quite close because when he was living in Perth, we lived two doors away from each other. So, mm-hmm. you know, we were close as a family and, you know, I, I do keep in touch with Nick and, uh, you know, I was I was delighted when he came over for it as well. It was great to see him. It was great to see Sameo as well. Um, you know, Nathan Lowndes, the guys, Gary Boland, that were all there, you know, for our team. It was, mm-hmm. it was great to see them all there and, and have a laugh with them. Uh, you know, bring back all the old memories. It was, it was good. Brilliant. Uh, two more very quick points. Um, as most people, it was quite public at the time. You were involved in a, a very nasty car accident, which kind of curtailed your management career um, at that time. Um, is that something you would like to get back into the management? Or are you quite happy where you're at at the moment? It's a strange thing because obviously, I, I, after the, I was, I was doing thirty-five to fifty thousand miles a year. Had been doing for. For you know, the best part of twelve years, I worked for an English company, and uh, uh, they have been brilliant with me and always supported me in the football jobs that I've done. You know, even you know, managing Elgin, um, the car accident, you know, sent me back, gave me a real fear, and you know, physically and mentally, I wasn't in the right place, and it was the right thing to to resign. Covid hit, and you know, footballs had its had a break, and there wasn't a time to go back into it. But I've just found a better pace to my to my life just now. I, I you know, I took up the golf again and playing at Creef and I'm enjoying it. I'm not, I, I certainly wouldn't say never because um, you know I'm you know my football man through and through. Mm-hmm. You know, I still speak to everybody about football, watch so much football. Um, so I probably do have a, a burning ambition when the time is right. I, I'm even, as I say, in the meantime, while I'm not on it, I'm you know I sort of plan to take a season ticket. Uh, and and take my wee lad Ash and, and Max and and Riel and the ones we, we want to to the football on a Saturday afternoon because 
that's where my heart is down at McDermott. And if I'm not going into football management, that's it's probably where I'll spend my Saturday afternoons. Brilliant. And we'll we'll leave the last word up to somebody else who asked a question, which was another uh, former colleague, Alan Preston, <coughs> who yeah. said, "Ask him about the door in Dublin." Oh my god. <laughs> now I know the story because oh, I've heard yeah. it from another I actually heard it from Alan but I never put it in because I didn't I wanted to ask your permission for it first so but he did tell us about it um, but we'll see how different his version is to yours well, it, was a, it was a pre-season trip and we were staying at a UCD college in Dublin and Luggy and Slope we were, so there was two or three guys sharing the, you know, a dormitory and kind of spread about you can all see each other and we got a night out and uh, we're allowed out and Luggy's last words to me were, Skip, you know, you're the sensible one. Make sure we are boils and we are Neils and we Farkers and that are back here and no any trouble. Um, so we, we all get that taxis at different times down into Temple Bar, but, you know, I was the last taxi because Luggy's giving me my instructions. And uh, I think it was me, Attila, Lee, somebody else. It was maybe four, four years or so last to get there, but all the guys are in this top pub where everybody wants to get in, but we couldn't get in, um, you know, and the guys wouldn't come out and join us. So I ended up uh, in a really bad mood about it, you know, because we're all supposed to be out together. So me, Lee, and that went to another pub. And stupidly, I was drinking a drink called Tenants SD, which I think was about uh, 7% volume. So Oof. it didn't take me too many. I wasn't the best drinker. Um, and lo and behold, uh, taxi home with Lee and uh, Gatilla, uh, head out the window being sick. Um, and getting carried in with my hands around both their shoulders and my shoes dragging along the deck with wee John O'Neill and Georgia Boyle shouting Jimmy Two Touch Check and Icky Ham and all that so <laughs> I get put to my bed um, I get put to my bed and I kind of woke up and I'm sure it was Stevie Tosh and somebody else who were trying to shave my eyebrows and uh, I woke up thankfully at the right time and jumped up and they're trying to hold the door shut so they're holding me in the room so I can't get out but the rooms were built with a sort of I'm sure the room, the room doors were built with these sort of eggshells or I'd have broke my hands. But I decided to try and break my way through the door and punch <laughs> the two holes in the door. <laughs> Only to be woken up in the morning with John Blackley looking through one hole and Paul Sturrock looking through the other and saying, well, that's a fine. <laughs> like The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to pay for a new door and they made me train that morning when you know, hangovers and, and training don't work with me. And I think it's the only time and it will only ever be the only time that I can admit that Roddy Grant beat me in a run. <laughs> well, that's that's, that, that's how bad that that's how bad I was. Well, that kind of tells more than than anything else you could say and imagine about the what kind of Nick you were in that <laughs> morning. But uh, no, brilliant stuff. But that's a team of full of characters. Uh, you especially one of them, an absolute terrific servant for St Johnson Football Club, a club yeah. legend, thirteen years player, assistant manager, interim manager, and we'd love nothing more to see you up there as a fan now as well. So, Jim, we really, really appreciate you coming on and joining us today. Apologies for the technical yeah. difficulties, but you're no welcome at any time. Cheers for the invite, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks Take again, care. Jim. Cheers now. Bye See bye. you. Bye-bye. Nice one, Jim. Bye-bye. Cheers, Mike. Bye-bye. Ah, nice guy, Jiminy. Ah, he's a smasher. Absolutely smashing guy. I actually got another text from somebody else saying, um, have you done your interview with Jim yet? Because I've got some belters of a story. We'll maybe get him back on for another time. <laughs> get him back on. It is. It's, hey, give, give him a bit of time. Wait till season six when we've gone through every St. Johnson player known to man and we're, we're, we're really dredging the, the depth of trying to get guests on. Once Maddie Survivor lets us down. That's it. We've got nowhere else to go, but 
I tell you what's never going to let us down. The Club Shop of Shame. What's the shop? Club Shop of Shame. What's the shop? Club Shop of Shame. What, what's the shop? Club Shop of Shame. What's the shop? Shame. We have a ve- I love that. We have a that ve- theme tune's never going to let us down like. Oh, we've got some new ones as well, which I, you've not even heard yet, which I'm very excited no. to play. We've got ones for Alphabet there and for Theme Team. <laughs> it's Jason behind these. He is, yes. Yeah. 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 Well, man. So we've got a very special club shop of Shane this week. This was one that was sent us a couple of times during the week, and we've thought about it long and hard. It's genuinely pretty terrible, but has a brilliant message behind it. So we don't know if we can put it in the club shop of Shane, but we're going to discuss it. Objectively, it's up there with the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Yes. But then... When, when you pick the yeah. bones of it, it's... Will we just go into what we're discussing this week, Dan? We'll go right into it, and I'm sure most people will have seen it because we've been doing the rounds on social media and showing all the WhatsApp groups and all that. We're going to go down to uh, the Devil's County. We're going to go down to Yorkshire. 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 Hey, Yorkshire, you're losing. Um, It's another Phoenix Knights reference. (laughs) It does. So um, basically, there's a a team, an amateur team down in Yorkshire uh, called uh, Beedale Association Football Club. And so this is very much, yeah, I mean, they're totally way down the ladder sort of thing. It's an amateur club playing, you know, real, real community football club, but they're very closely linked with, you know, seeing, you'll probably all be aware of the um, the sausage brand. <laughs> I feel very weird saying sausage brand when we're talking about what we're about to talk about. But um, <laughs> the, the sausage producers, heck. Heck sausages. Everyone likes a heck, heck sausage. sausage yeah. Len, come so, over here a second. Sorry, my wife's just walked in the kitchen and I've said the word heck sausages. Len, are you a fan of heck sausages? I do enjoy a heck sausage. Can you explain to the people, the listeners, what heck sausages are? Well, you get all different types, but one of my favourites is the chicken heck sausage. So delicious. You can have them for breakfast as part of your fry-up. They're not, or they're not sponsoring the, the show this no, week. No, or, or you can have them as like a main meal with rice or chop them up into pasta. I bloody love a with heck rice. sausage. Sausages with rice? Uh-huh. Sausage, rice, we've got Frank's hot sauce on there. Come on, Danny. You've never lived until you've had Frank's hot sauce on a chicken head. You'd take the girl out of Falkirk. That is it. Thanks, Lynn, for for your (laughs) glowing reference of heck sausages. You're welcome. But yeah, these. Is she working on commission for them? I think so. I hope they send you some freebies. There you go. Anyway, as we were discussing, uh, hex hex sausages are the, the main sponsor. And. Over the years, uh, Beedale AFC have had some absolutely savage kits, like baked bean-style kits, bangers and mash and peas and all of Oh, the... it was them! Yeah, they're the ones that have had all the absolutely insane football kits, which you would have seen at some point. Every year they release a football kit like a hot dog one season. It was basically brown with the ketchup and the sausage. It was They're outrageous. But this year's kit is kind of... They've done something that no other club has done before, Dan. With good reason. Yes, We've good reason that no other club's done it before, but also with good reason that they've done it. So there's no other way to explain this. They've done a see-through kit. <laughs> and you know when you go to Blackpool Pleasure Beach or Alton Towers or whatever, and you go on the log flute and they're selling those uh, Pacamax. Ponchos. Yeah, yeah, the, the plastic ponchos. It's essentially one of them. I tell you what, I <laughs> I worry for them with this pre-season that they've been wearing it then. Because they'll have been... Getting roasted. Yeah. I don't know. Are they made of plastic? Do we know this? Or is it... You can't get any other... You you can't get any other see-through material, can you? No. I I have no idea. It's not made of glass. No, it's not made of glass. (laughs) It's 
<laughs> no, but it is proper see-through. It's not like it's just sort of mesh or whatever. It is proper see-through. And so they've got one of the players. They, they might have picked... I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, this lad, his physique isn't that of a footballer. He's, he's a... Uh, he look, he's got a dad bod about him. He's got a dad bod. He's probably very... Having, you know, me and you have both played sort of rubbish level of football. So, yeah, he's very sort of typical of that. He's also got an absolutely outrageous pair of bockies on. <laughs> so... so he's, he's not... He's not picked his Calvins out for um, for this. But yeah, so it's a see-through kit, which is, as we say, objectively shit. So that's one of the that's one of the ticks of the Club Shop of Shame list that we go with. One of them is that it's it's shit. That ticks a box. It's terrible. The second one or the third one we usually go with is is price. Now, the price of this, Dan. The price of this, well, let's put it this way. You could get a Saints. Saints' new home top and the junior top for about the same price. It's 80 quid. 80 quid. You get the shorts and the socks together. Whether You get the full yeah. kit, the see-through socks and the see-through shorts and the see-through top. But the third, 80 quid is ridiculous. But the third point is how, why, why they've released it. And this is where we, we can uh, come, come a cropper for the, the, the club shop of shame. This is why it does not gain entry into the Club Shop of Shame. This is why it's the first thing we've ever featured that does not gain entry to the Club Shop of Shame. So I'm going to go back to the socks, which you mentioned, because this is a giveaway. So the socks have got arrows on it. Arrows on them, sorry. And then some writing. So on, his, on, the, on the fellow's right socks, probably you could wear it for either, either leg, but on the right sock as he's, as he's modelling it, it has check your prostate. And on, on the left one, Quite simply, check your balls. <laughs> so these, yeah. So this is where we get to the um, get to the crux of it, and why it doesn't gain entry to the club shop of shame. This is a kit for charity. It claims to be the world's first ever transparent kit, which I'm not doubting it. And I'm not. Uh, I'm not willing to check. No, I'm really not willing to check. <laughs> but a proportion of each kit sold, a proportion of the funds from each kit sold will go to supporting prostate cancer charities. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. It's, we, you know, you, we can't. It is a really innovative thing as well. It is. The campaign is called Let's Be Clear, which kind of takes into account the kit. And it's about male cancer campaign for Male Cancer Awareness Week, which runs in October from thir- uh, October 13th to 19th. Um, the, the top has got arrows pointing to your boss as the shorts have arrows pointing up to your boss. And I say the shorts, uh, the socks were see-through. They're not. They're regular socks with the messages on there. And it says, don't forget to check on the top. It's a great message. And I completely understand why they do it because it's gone absolutely viral. And if it saves one person from getting or checking themselves for cancer, then job done as far as I'm concerned. And you know what? The thing is, exactly. And I can only echo that, Sam. And you know what? The thing is, I very much, <laughs> as you say, it's for, um, for Male Cancer Awareness Week. It's, I, I doubt that's going to be the kit they're going to be playing in all season. But as a sort of marketing ploy, not even, no, it's not marketing, obviously. As a, in terms of raising awareness, and it is marketing, I suppose, it is so clever. Because as I say, it's been all over social media. It's been all over, um, all around sort of WhatsApp groups and, and whatnot. And you know what? The thing is, there were people that buy it. Oh, yeah. Turn up to five aside and Yeah, to turn up to five aside and it once. Me? Yeah. But 
To be fair, mate, yeah, that is something you do. <laughs> I played fives at Bells. Um, it was absolutely unbearably hot. <laughs> That's not... I've not played indoors for a while. It was nasty. I've not played indoors since all this kicked off. But in terms of price and general see-through football kit, price, ridiculous. But the message does not let it gain entry to the club shop of shame. That's the best message since Grandmaster Flash and the Furious fan. If you don't know who that is, like I don't, Google it. Speaking of kit launches, um, Dan, this week, I don't know if you've seen the kit launch from the FC Rostov in Russia. Yes. This is unbelievable. It was, it was excellent. It was. There's nothing controversial about the kit, but the kit launch itself was possibly the single most, I'm going to say, ridiculous kit launch I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm going with that. I, I know clubs now in the age of social media have generally got to get a little bit more creative with stuff. So it used to be a case of sign a new player, scarf above the head, release a new kit. It'd probably be like an advert for JJB Sports in the paper or something like that. But now it's there's just so much good content kicking about. It really, and they're getting more and more creative. It is. Now, FC Rostov have decided to base their launch, their kit launch video on Blink-182's late 90s, early noughties. I think, I think it was 99. Their, their music video, um, What's My Age Again? Which basically uh, consisted of the three bandmates standing basically naked with guitars playing instruments and the rest of them then running through a street. Now, they've taken this concept and they've got the players running through the street in their new kit, but they've also got the players naked playing the instruments and singing the song. I mean, this is what confuses me about the whole thing. Because, like, the whole point in the video was that they were all, they were all in, the, in the net, right? But the whole point of... Like, sorry, in the Blink-182 in the music video. The whole point of this kit launch video is to launch the kit. So they've got them running through the street in the kit. You'd think that for consistency's sake, they'd be playing the instruments in the kit. But no. No, they've just got them in, they've just got them in the scud. And they're not very good singers either. And it's in a very thick Russian accent. It's, <laughs> it's in a very thick Russian if accent. If you've not heard it, here it is in all its glory. I took her out, it was a Friday night I woke alone, to get the feeling right We started making out, and she took off my pants But then I turned on the TV And that's about the time she walked away from me Nobody likes her when you're 23 And I'll see more of you by TV shows What the hell is they give you? My friends say I should act my age What's my age again? What's my age again? Absolutely as outrageous as we described it. Yeah. If you've not seen it, go and look it up. It's all over the, it's all over the net. But yeah, it's got people talking, because I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't have been talking about Rostov. <laughs> no. I've also seen St. John's are going to be launching their kit. They, they put up a post on social media. I think it's going to be released on the 27th. And there's a coat hanger going up, which can only mean an away kit's coming, which means now's our time, Dan. We are going to be... Do the right thing. <laughs> Do the right thing here. Now, when they posted that, I posted up a 
a small message from the Dogger Saints Twitter page with a couple of uh, teal magenta spots along the bottom and a question mark. Now, I got a message straight away from the St. Johnson Media team saying I am now barred from McDermott, which does, not fill, <laughs> which does not fill me with much confidence that this is going to be the launch that we're all hoping for. It's, no, it's all an elaborate ruse. It's all an elaborate ruse because then they're going to be like, oh, just make them think it's not happening. Then, oh, there you go. Egg in your face have combined, lads. Because look, we've done it for you. And then it'll be even nicer for everyone, especially for us. In an ideal world, that's what we're looking for. But either way, I'm very, very excited to see. As a grown man, I shouldn't be that excited about football kits, but I'm excited to see what they're going to pull out the bag. And what I'm hearing, it's a, a colour scheme we've not seen in about 30 years. So... We'll, we'll, we'll see what it is, and we'll, we'll take it from there. So it's, it's not another yellow macron number? Uh, apparently not. Apparently not. But again, we will see. If you have seen something worthy of the club shop of shame, think three things. Think, is this shit? Is it overly expensive? And is there any point of it whatsoever? If it ticks those three boxes, get in touch. How do you do that, Dan? Sam, I'm glad you've come to me. Because but- I want to know. I want to know what you see. It doesn't have to tick all three boxes necessarily because remember that Bournemouth thing that was like four quid but was like the worst thing we've ever had. And you could you could take it out on credit. You could take it on credit. <laughs> 63 pence a month for six months or something. <laughs> that, was the, that was the dog poo thing. Dog poo bag holder. Oh yeah, holder. it was the, the, the poo bags. Yeah. No, not even poo bags, poo bag holder. Oh, it's a poo bag holder. I think you had to supply your own poo bags. <laughs> but Sam, I want to know. Now I'm I'm thinking here <laughs> on the spot as per. You know I'm this thinking. is you know this is coming every week, Dan. You know it's coming. <laughs> Absolutely irrelevant. Fair. Now, Sam, I saw some news this week. Cammy Keith, who is a club legend of junior side Keith, has announced his retirement from football. Oh, I know. But that got me thinking. That got me thinking. What could he be doing next? What? <laughs> What could he go into next? So I'm thinking, I'm like, Keith, he played for Keith. Maybe he could set up some sort of entertainment business based purely in Keith FC's ground. And he could get all the Keiths. He could get them all in. <laughs> all the great Keiths of our time. Um, Chegwin. Keith Chegwin, rest in peace, big fella. He's not um, dead, is he? Chegwin is dead, yeah. Chegwin isn't dead. Chegwin is dead, man. No. I'm pretty sure I heard him on Radio X the other morning. He fucking didn't, unless he's, unless there was a seance going on live on air. He's not dead. Oh, he died in 2017. Chegwin's <laughs> been dead for years, man. Remember when he got his chanter out on that programme? He did that naked comment, naked jungle or whatever. This is throwing a spanner into the works this week. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure where we go from here. How about, anyway. how about if you've ever seen a Keith FC, Keith Chegwin uh, Ouija board? Other famous Keiths. Keith Flint. Dead. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hold on. Right, so what I want to know is, if you've ever seen Cammy Keith from Keith um, flogging Keith FC-branded seance equipment, Ouija boards, <laughs> candles, um, some old sort of creepy woman in a veil, she'll be there. She comes as part of the package. It's a whole damn package, and it takes place in the centre circle. I think it could be out there. They're contacting them all. Chegwin, Flynn, Moon. And there's a Brucey bonus, Keith Richards, the fucking living dead. 
So if you've seen this kit, if you have seen this seance kit for sale, including uh, higher in the centre circle of Keith FC's ground, you let us know. All the usual social streams. Get there before we kill anyone else off. Kia ora. I'm Erity Mitchell from Gisborne in New Zealand. When I'm not supporting the Manatuka United soccer team, I'm listening to Sam and Danny on the Dogger Saints podcast. Kate te paia, Dogger Saints. Nga mahi. Should we go to our new most favourite popular feature, Dan, after that fucking chaos? <laughs> Let's do something. Right, we need to move on. We're going to go to theme team, but we've got a new jingle for it, and it ties hand in hand, unfortunately, with the last section. It's a little bit creepy, but I'm a big fan. You ready for it? You've not heard this yet, have you? I've not heard it yet. Here we go. This is theme team. That last one scared me a little bit. The theme team. Is that the seance started? <laughs> That's Am it. I in Keith? They're trying Am to... I called Keith? I'm a deed. You should change that to dream team and then maybe they're trying to raise uh, Clint Black's body from the dead. <laughs> oh, Clint, I'm still not over it. Still not over it. So, theme team. This is our weekly feature where we ask about a certain theme and we want you to tie it to St. Johnson players. I have pages and pages and pages of entries this week and I've managed to narrow it down to the best maybe 20 absolute belters the best one we've decided between us will uh, win a Dogger Saints mug so thank you for everybody that sent in their options we did this poll over on Twitter and we had hundreds of entries in so thank you for, to every single person who entered the team so this week's theme Dan basically because of the European Europa League draw was St. Johnson players teamed up I can't use the word answer smash I think we'll get done for libel yeah, old Dickie Osmond's probably got a, uh, he's got a patent on that. So we are putting together hand-in-hand hand Saints players and this week's theme, which was European football teams, and there's some belters in here. Honestly, some of them are so good. Will we get to it? Yeah, let's get right to it. It started off with Hertha Berlindsey Hamilton. Good. Good, strong start, that. It is good. It is good. It would have been better if you said... It might have one of you said Union Berlinsey Hamilton, but there we go. Yeah, not to worry. We'll move on. Red Stark Belgrade. Good. Very good. Stevie Masqueral Madrid. Very, very good. From the current squad, we've got Arsenali McCann and uh, Napoli um, Craig. Oh, that good. Let's go to friend of the show, ex-podcast guest, Valerie Allen Preston. Nice. Oh, that is nice. An easy one I forgot about, Alex Tottenham Hotspur. Lovely stuff. Oh, that is lovely stuff. Shall we go into the obscure European section of this theme? That, that sounds like fun to me, mate. <laughs> Hapoel Bear Sheeran. Very, very good. Karat Almaty Kennedy. Oft. FC Midgieland, which is good. That is good, yeah. And we'll Say go... that. A current one, we've got Galatasaray Stewart. AC Melandi Jackson. Peter L. Inkelman City. All good. Uh, um, oh, just all... I've been very impressed with people, to be honest with you. You have, you've... A, a, with how many people have been getting involved, and B, given I can't come up with one to save my life, people's creativity. It, they've done very well. Another couple of random teams, uh, Stephen Randerson. Oh. Stephen Presley used to play for Randers, the Danish team. Yeah, he way did, back, didn't he? Yeah, way back in the day. Big fan of that. Barcelona, Alan Maines. Uh, Benfica on Davidson. 
a couple of Momo Silla ones here. We've got Malmo Silla and Momo Noko. Easy for me to say. Somebody tried to throw in Shaka Makala. Remember that team? Are they Russian? Makala. Oh, and Angie Makahakalaka. Somebody threw that in Makala. Callum Davidson. I'm like, not a chance am I giving that I'm one. Not saying that. No. Uh, Colin Samuel. Oh. Melamed Star Belgrade. Melamed Star Belgrade. Yeah. Good. And we've narrowed it down. Our, our two favourites out of the full list. Um, the runner-up this week, and it's got nothing to do with these. Our, our, he's our favourite player. I just thought it was very clever. It's Parish Saint Germain by Lee Kelman. Very good. Very good. And the winner this week is simple but brilliant, and it's Archie McCallum's Zanderlecht. I think what we're discovering with this. Well done, Archie, because that was very, very good. What we're discovering with this is simplicity might be the sort of key to it. It is. That's why I like Lincoln Clark last week. Oh, Lincoln Clark was so good. Jody Morrissey, yep. So well done to everybody. You don't need to overcomplicate it, but these are best. Thank you to every single person that did send one in. Like, I got a page from Kev Heller. A page. <laughs> He's a creative soul. He is a creative soul, but yep, the winner was Zanderlecht this week, and we'll be in touch with Archie to get him his mug to him. Well done, Archie. Yeah, tremendous, Archie. Well deserved. And we'll have a mug on your way to you soon enough. All eyes turn to next week's theme. The likelihood that we're going to be playing Galatasaray. Next week's theme is Turkey. All things Turkish. The animal. The country. The the cities. The football teams. All things Turkish. Now, I've written down a couple of suggestions, Dan, which you've not heard yet. I've gone for Middle Eastern. Yep. Acceptable. And uh, Turkish Bizarre Irvin. Again. I tried, Very good. I tried to shoehorn. I tried to get kebab. I tried to um, get Istanbul. I tried to get gobble in there somehow. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Giza gobelli at Parish. There we are. Easy as that. Oh, oh, just like that, you can come up with it. There's a lot of uh, lot of scope with things that I like that could fall into this theme. Um, Christmas dinner. That would work. We'd give you that. Um, I don't know where we're going to... I don't know how I'm going to sort of smash these with St. Johnson player. Um, kebabs, Paul, Christ, Turkish delight. Paul Bernard Manning. Oh no, uh, no, no, he's a comedian, eh? Not the Tur- who's the turkey guy? Bernard Matthews. Oh, Bernard yeah. Manning was the old, uh, the old racist comedian. <laughs> no, he's no, dead. we're not going to do that as a theme. Racist comedians. <laughs> Can you combine a Saints player with Jim Davidson or Bernard Manning? Ludovic Roy That's... Chubby Brown. Oh, <laughs> But no, Chubbs the theme is, that Chubbs has gone way down that road now. Man. That he just it. used to be. He just used to be blue. So a bit of blue. Uh, Paul Bernard Matthews, not Manning. Um, that that's the type of thing we're looking for. Anything that could be as tedious as you like. But the theme next week is Turkey. All things Turkey and Turkish. Pegasus. Get shoehorn that in there somehow. Pegasus one, Pegasus two. Any of the Pegasuses is. Oh, what a heartbreaking day when Pegasus two shut down. Oh, sad, it's but we will we move on to happier times. Let's move on a happier time, Sam. Let's do it. It's Georgia Boy on the Royal. Uh, it's time for my favourite feature. Maybe not yours, but it packs out a wee bit of the show. It's Georgia Boy on the Royal. Where have you seen St. Johnson players and what have they been doing? We had an old feature called Saint Stories, which basically involved Dan going for a pee somewhere. Um, <laughs> but this one we've got sent in by Martin Hawkins is a kind of, it's a story, but it's a, it is a St. Jordan sighting. So I'm going to let my good friend Danny Williams take the floor with this one. Who did he see and what was the circumstances? Yeah, so this one's coming to us from a friend of ours, Martin Hawkins. And so this features bona fide Saints legend, 
bona fide Saint legend, Saints legend, Sergi Baltaccia, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Sergi Baltaccia. Lovely man. So, he's, Martin's saying this goes back to season 1990-91, which was Sergi's first uh, season with the Saints. So, Martin stayed out of the Western Edge, as did uh, Sergi and his family, and they regularly see, see him out and about. So, Martin just turned 18, and along with his mate, Robert, who he seen the bells in with, uh, he joked that they'd first foot Sergi and his family when it came to when it came to it. For people who didn't know about our international listeners, mainly from New Zealand, because we know we've got a lot of them, first boot footing is basically the first person to enter a person's home after, on New Year's Day, and it's seen as like a bringer of good fortune for the coming year. Yeah. I mean, I've never actually experienced this, because A, because I'm normally out on New Year's Eve. You first foot yourself through the front yeah, door. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Roll into my flat about five in the morning or something. Um, so, yeah, but is it not like... You start off with like a lump of coal or something like that and you go around try to sort of badger for drams or whatever. Yeah. Or you take a, or you take a dram and a bit of coal or something. It's a nice tradition. I suppose it's one of them things that maybe isn't as prevalent anymore. No. I don't suppose most I don't suppose, you know, sort of people just wing it about anymore. But But this was in nineteen nineties. We love the nineties yeah. and we love stuff. Oh, like we this. do love the nineties. This is early nineties. So anyway. So Martin continues, it comes to New Year's Eve 1991, New Year 1991, so I assume that's New Year's Eve 1990. And after toasting the bells with his parents, um, Martin and Robert set off into town, but Martin's old man comes out and says, are you not going to first foot surgery? So the boys maybe had had a couple of drinks by this point, decided why not? He said Saints weren't playing till the second, so there was a chance he might still be up and about. By that point, it was 12.45, there's no sign of light in the house, but they knocked on his door with a lump of coal, some shortbread, and a bottle of vodka. That sounds like a party to <laughs> Oh, sign me up. That sounds like, I mean, the coal, I don't, I, I don't know, I suppose there's some uses for it, but he's not environmentally friendly. <laughs> it sounds but like the three short, ingredients short have... And, it sounds like... <laughs> sure. Sorry. Sorry, carry on. Shortbread and vodka, though. I was going to say is that it would be the first three ingredients to take on to um, ready, steady cook. What's in your bag, shopping bag? Bottle of vodka, lump of coal, shortbread. Make something out of this, Ainsley, you prick. And he would do. <laughs> as, I, as I'm standing <laughs> there giving my meat a good old rub. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's a Martin story. Sorry, man. So within, within seconds, Sergi answers the door. So I ah, at last. I had been told of this Scottish tradition, but no one came. Welcome to my home. <sighs> He's just eh? the nicest man. I really resisted doing the accent there as well. Thank God. Um, and so he's invited Martin and Robert in, chatted away to two random Saints fans for half an hour, having a drink before giving the boys a bottle of Ukrainian champagne. Martin says there he still has the bottle. The empty bottle, as it turns out, because <laughs> there was no chance of going into town by that point. So I headed back to um, Martin's parents and drank the bottle, which was superb. Thereafter, Sergi used to invite me up to his at least once a month and would always chat. Wholesome. He spotted Sergi Bertaccio in his own home on New Year's Day at 12.45 in the morning. We don't recommend that this is a, as a thing. If you want to go see a Saints player, go to their home and knock on their door, like I did with Elliot Parish. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> 
Was it even New Year's Day? <laughs> Standing outside uh, Elliot Parrish's house with a lump of coal and a bottle of vodka and some shortbread. Fourth of June. <laughs> Twelve forty-five in the morning. It's like when Paul Gascoigne turned up to uh, Royal Moats with a what was it a KFC up? <laughs> Fishing rod, some chicken and lager. Yeah, right. Here's a new feature. What can you turn up to a random St. Johnson player's house with the most random item? Let us know. Please don't do that because they'll, they'll trace it back to us. <laughs> but a good story nonetheless. A brilliant story. I'm very grateful to Martin for sending that in. So he also sent us a, a club shop of shame as well, which we will get to. We will get to. It's a better. It is really good. But we wanted we wanted this week to be uh, entirely dedicated to the seafood kit. <laughs> and I never thought I'd say that, but there we go. Quite a wholesome thing. That was quite a wholesome story. Very wholesome. It's all wholesome, man. And it's what, it's what the people want. No, Dan, what the people really want is to know what they do if they see a, a St. John's player in about. Have you got any examples? Have you got anything for them? Sam, examples. You want examples? I've got them. The listeners might want them because they might need a bit of encouragement <laughs> to know where to spot these Saints players because these Saints players, we want to know, what are they doing? Where are they going? What are they sort of, you know, what are... They could be wearing anything. Have they got a particularly shit pair of trainers on? That's the sort of thing I need to know. And, and I need to know it. i got to know it. So you've got to tell us. All the usual social streams. At Dogger Saints on Twitter. At Dogger Saints on Instagram. And a new social stream for us. DoggerSaints.com. Yes. Contact Doggersaints. section. DoggerSaints.com. Give it a visit. And you, we've got a contact section on there. You can get hold of us by that. Facebook. The old Face TV. You get hold of us on that. But do you get hold of us with Saints players where you've seen them? And so I'm going to give you a couple of examples just to whet the appetite. And because it's been the, because we've had a bit of a spooky theme going on through this. <laughs> That's been spooky. We have had a bit of a spooky theme. We've had and we've had Jim Weir. So I'm going to focus on that sort of Jim Weir era. And so I'm going to focus on some examples from there. So for example, have you ever seen John Paul McBride? writing furious letters to Simpsons creator Matt Groening, suggesting possible outlets for Treehouse of Horror. I love the Treehouse of New Horror. New ideas. Episodes. I don't know. Um, Homer turns up at, at Keith and holds a sales. I don't know where <laughs> I pulled that example from, but I think that's something John Paul could have been writing. And if you see him writing that, maybe in your local Costa Coffee, do let us know. Another example. i got to get this other example out. Friend of the show and 90s mainstay, Danny Griffin. Have you ever seen Danny Griffin with a microphone-shaped voodoo doll and that microphone belonging to Saints TV commentator Mark Guidi? Have you ever seen Danny Griffin twatting the fuck out of that, that voodoo doll? It could have happened. I think it could have happened. He could have been doing it. In, he could have been doing it slightly under the commentary, under the, you know, the perch in the commentary box. He could have been doing it. And if you've seen it, you let us know. Woo, get there. Kia ora, I'm Wayne Mitchell from Otapoti, Dunedin, the Edinburgh of the South in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And when I want to get the scoop on the current Scottish League champions, the mighty boys in blue, St. Johnston, there's only one podcast I need to listen to, and that's the team at Doggers Saints Podcast. Mon the Saints! I love these people from New Zealand. They are the nicest bunch. They are a very nice people. People sort of, it's also like a bit of a cliche about Bolton, New Zealand, that they are just really nice, but they are. So at the end of the uh, last section there, you told people to get there. Do you know what it's time for now? It's time for people to alphabet there with another new theme song. Have you heard this? No, I've not heard it yet, mate. You've not shared it with me. Oh, here we go. 
It's time for Alphabet there. Alphabet. Alphabet there. Alphabet. Alphabet. Well, that's a funky little jingle, isn't it? That's different. It is. I don't... I don't have a brief for Jason, so he just basically fires me something and go, yep, that is good, and we're going with it. So again, broken the giggle. It was good. It was, and we very much appreciate it, but that's not it. We've also got this bit. We we covered A last week, which was A for Aggie in our St. Johnson alphabet. Um, And this week, we went straight to B, strangely enough. Oh, that seems the natural progression. (laughs) So, you ready for this? I am ready. Today's letter is the letter Yes! Oh, that's a natty little jingle, isn't it? It's it's quite something. It's different. (laughs) Alternative music. We are here to cater for everybody. Alphabet there. A is for Aggie, as we know. B. What what could it be for? Could it be for Betfred, Baltacha, Brannigan, Biscuits, Blue Popcorn... There was loads of suggestions. It doesn't have to be a player, just something related to... Could have been Bruce McDermott, the man who gave us the land for the stadium. Could have been. Could have been. He would have been well-fitting and deserving of the honour. But what we have gone for, looking at the, the options, is the Brown family for B. What a contribution those guys have made to the club. It's not often you'll find me, you'll find me saying something good about football chairman. Because it's generally... I'm just not inclined to do it, but... Yeah, I mean, the contribution the Brown family have made, the stewardship the Brown family have given over several decades and continue to give to Saints, and just the stability in the club. When you see what's happening to um, other football teams up and down the country, and you you know, we all remember sort of, you look at the amount of teams that have ended up in administration or real financial dire straits, ended up being dot points and, you know, lost the place in leagues. Yeah, just because of horrendous financial mismanagement. That's it. Since as long as I can remember, I've always said, "Don't go chasing the dream." Gretna did it, went arse up. Dundee did it, went arse up. I think they finished sixth and got to a cup final, maybe, and that was it. Got to a cup final, lost to Rangers, and then built two two whacking great stands. Yeah, fucking carnage, and then signed Ravenelli and Kitzbaya and um, Kinesia. <laughs> Outrageous. And Fab Cab. And Juan Sara, cat bastard. Yeah, but of course, Gary. As we all know, Gary Harkins is on a level with Claudio Canizia. As as we know, one of the great one of the great entertainers of Scottish football. Wow! Oh, where was that from? That was from that. uh... That was around the. That was around the derby. That wasn't a derby. Oh yeah, yeah, nonsense. But the Brown family, as we say, never gone chasing the dream. They've done it the proper the proper way, and they've achieved the success that every other chairman in the country would aspire to tremendous they've done it in a way that it's gonna you can never ensure anything big glamour signings or threatening for titles or whatever like, like that but they run the club in a way that ensures we're always going to have a club yeah or does all that you can to ensure that we'll always have a club 100% agree and they're not arseholes either like they're not like your characters like your Barry Fries and your knobs like that that are one not, they want to be the big time who was that guy it was at Crystal Palace who's on TalkSport Simon oh Simon Jordan yeah. yeah they're not they're not out to obviously they're fairly hard-nosed businessmen yeah but I say fairly hard-nosed business and the hard the hard-nosed business <laughs> yeah. but yeah they're not um they've never been in it to raise their own 
media profile or anything like that. How do you explain the but, the fifty foot GS Brink construction stand lettering on the back of the? the hence, hence why hence why I said media profile and not <laughs> uh, not personal or, or business profile. I was very very careful about choosing my words there. Uh, um, <laughs> no, but obviously if you've gone. If you're gonna steward the club and you've got another business, <laughs> you gotta do that. Yeah. Miller what pair and decorators? <laughs> For- Pankers sign up at the <laughs> I know Pankers have got a sign there. Your wife's on a billboard at the back of the stand. She is, uh, yeah. The, um, that was the first thing Miles spotted when we were in the pressing game and there's mummy on the wall. So great. Can I get a shot of her <laughs> wherever we go? Watch it over you. Yeah, that's it. The Brown family, welcome to the alphabet. A is for Aggie, B is for Brown family. See you next week. What could that be? Go be anything, Sam. Cup tie. Cup double. Chris Miller. Callum Davidson. Good shout. And on the theme, champagne water slide. There's the winner right now. We'll go. We'll move straight to D. <laughs> we'll go to D next week. It's all over now, baby blue. <laughs> nice. So that was that. Um, we'll put a post up on Facebook or Twitter. Or, or if you've got any suggestions in the meantime, just send them over to us on doggersaints.com, at doggersaints on Instagram, or at doggersaints on Twitter. So St. Johnson wrapped up their pre-season campaign with a home match against Fleetwood with two odd thousand season ticket holders in. Scorching hot day. They're a pretty handy team, Fleetwood, to be honest. Eh? Very organised. Mm-hmm. Um, a fellow in midfield, I can't remember his name, number 20, just sort of sat in midfield. He was absolutely, I thought he was brilliant, him, really tidy player. But so it was a good, it was a good exercise. It was different to the other pre-season games. I know Fleetwood are a division below Preston, but I thought it was probably just as good an exercise as the Preston game in a sort of different sense. I actually thought it was quite similar to Saints. Mm-hmm. I thought both sides sort of really just cancelled each other out. It was a worthwhile exercise, certainly, but as we said at the beginning of the podcast, I think the highlight of the whole match was when Liam Doris announced that European football is returning to McDermott. Which looks like it's yeah. going to be Gal- <laughs> and it looks like it's going to be Galatasaray. To be brutally honest with you, unless something miraculous happens, it'll oh, it'll take take the greatest comeback since Lazarus for it to be PSV. <laughs> so, yeah, you've uh, yeah, yeah, they've just got to start preparing really for Galatasaray um, for Radamel Falcao. But <laughs> um, he didn't play the other night. Actually, Chumi injured or something. But yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was more like, it was a weird thing, really. It was sort of like a combination of relief and excitement. And yeah, that was the biggest cheer in the game. And to be honest, about that was about the, as in the last five minutes it got announced. Up until that point, there hadn't really been a lot to write home about in terms of football. Well, there wasn't any clear-cut chances really in the game. Good midfield battle. I think Craig Bryson was just looking to murder someone at one point. He was angry, wasn't he? He was flying into stuff. But then again, that's there was some good... There wasn't any really nasty challenges going on. I think James Brown caught one, but there was a few robust challenges going in, which is, which is good. It stands you in good stead. Yeah, I thought, I thought we'd scored. nobody gets injured. I did think we scored with the free kick um, in Normanson. I was actually think it clapping. Gone in? Yeah, I thought it had gone in as well, yeah. Classic. <laughs> was, was I know, missing. that was it. Just shame there was no away fans uh, in to complete the bit. Lo- I love that. It's a classic. Yeah, it's a British thing, that. 
the yeah. most the most popular ways are yep team thinking have scored and it being chalked off for a number of reasons offside it's not gone in it's hit the side netting or if somebody drops a plate anywhere yeah that, that, yeah, that, that barman get, drops a glass. Yeah, they they, they will both get ways. If you can think of any other more ways, let us know. Could be a new section. Yeah. Way of the week. Oh, so someone passes the ball out of play, like just for no reason. Yeah. Under no pressure, that generally gets it. Somebody drops the ball when they're throwing it in. Ah, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Referee falls over. Ah, oh, yeah, that's all. That's the absolute peak of the genre. Maybe we can get the but, maybe we can get the way in to sponsor us for this feature. <laughs> get some free bacon butties. Yeah, um, that'd be that'd be the game. <laughs> so anyway, they were, yeah, it was a it was a, a good exercise. Um, pretty, I won't say entertaining game of football, but it wasn't wasn't dire. No, it was like I said, a worthwhile. Like I said, both teams cancelled it. Yeah. Both teams cancelled each other out, and I don't think we're going to be conceding many goals this season if we can keep our keep our team together. Yeah, yeah, there's there's always that. I think can if I think can be in the uh, the operative word there, but yeah, and then we had a nice nice little thing at the end of the game um, where the the two cups were paraded around the ground. That was that was nice, and the players got the chance to. Soak up a little bit of adulation that they didn't get. Did I know? So it was weird because I was in the main stand, mm-hmm. um, sort of towards towards the Ormond where you were sat. So when they were bringing it past, like past us, the Fleetwood players were on a warm down. Yeah, getting yeah, and, like sort of just ran through. And I think then they realised what was going on and stood there and give like a guard of honour. <laughs> They know. I was like, they've just done a they've just done a warm down. Oh, that's peak shit housing after the game, <laughs> or they've just been a bit dopey. And I think it was, uh, I think it was a lot. I think they've just been a bit dopey. I hope they were. I hope that was shit housing because I love a bit of, bit of that. Ah, some good rustling. Indeed, it was. But more good news at the moment. Ross County next week sold out. Five hundred fans going up the road for a right yeah, good time. They'll have a right good time. It's it's not going to be the full experience, but. What it does give hope for is going forward, because I didn't think we'd have a... I was totally taken aback when I heard we got an away allocation for, for County. And obviously, I know I mean, most games are going to have an away allocation there. Yeah, so that's great news, and there'll be an atmosphere which has been distinctly lacking. And away, away crowds tend to be a bit noisier anyway, so it'll be great for, for the 500 fans who are lucky enough to get tickets and ding exactly. all away. What's the dream, in it? Oh, it's the dream. Like I say, it's not going to be the exact same, but... There is going to be in a way support there. And it means that when hopefully move back to sort of restrictions being gone on crowd numbers and all that, we're back to sort of normal away supports probably sooner than I think a lot of us expected it. Because anyone I've chatted anyone I've chatted to about this has sort of been saying, Oh yeah, maybe not, maybe not until the turn of the year or something like that. We'll have away support back in. So for it to come around first game of the season, yeah, it's 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 smashing. So Hope everyone who goes up has a belt in time. And we'll bring the full match report of this one for in your ear holes this time next week. But that's the end of our show. We've just got a few things to cover before we clock off for this week. We ran a competition on Twitter um, offering a, a follower and the person they tagged a tote bag and a mug each. And I can confirm we have a winner, Dan. We do. We have got a winner. We've got, so We've got two winners, technically. The person who entered and the person they tagged. Do and that was the whole point of the thing. So our winners 
and the tote bag and mug was me and you, Dan. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Sorry, carry on. Now we have got Matthew Guffrey and Jack Malcolm. So well done, boys. And we'll have those prizes winging the way to you very shortly. That's it. Get in touch and we'll get postal addresses. But if you live uh, out with the UK, um, uh, we rescind the winner. We have the, we have the right to uh, give it to somebody who lives in Perth where I can drop redraw. off. Redraw. We'll, we'll get the tombola going again. That's It'll it. be a redraw. Redraw. But no, well done, guys. Um, you've won the, the, the fancy shopping bags and mugs in the retro style, which will not be available for sale. But I tell you what is available for sale, Dan. Oh, you tell me some. I want to know. All the finest products on doggersaints.com. The first thing I want to say is thank you to every single person that's placed an order for mugs, badges, t-shirts, hoodies. Most of them have posted one of the hoodies I dropped off. Uh, a listener, Amanda Wallace, and we chatted. She picked up her dog. She's got a wee cavapoo and she picked up in Blackpool. Who did knew? she? She did, yeah. Ah, see, we, we are we, we we are good for something. There you go. <laughs> Dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's move on but no thanks again to Amanda thanks to every single person that's bought something and to our subscribers as well you know who you are and we thank you personally for that if you do want to subscribe to us and we will be sending additional content out any video we're going to be we do over zoom with players we're going to send you a copy of it unedited as it stands there'll also be a few bits and pieces we're still working on it's a works at a five a month one pound 25 an episode and you'll get a whole lot of extra features so thanks to every single person that subscribed so far yeah i just want to echo that and we're so grateful to everyone who subscribed and everyone who's bought a bit of merch so far not just in this sort of round of merch since we've got the website going but sort of when we've previously shamelessly flogged stuff so no we do appreciate it. and as we say it goes back into the podcast and it keeps us going and it's it's brilliant we, we just like it it's a nice sign that people are enjoying it so much and and that really makes it worth it so just massive thanks to everyone it is yeah i, I put a post on facebook last late last week saying thanks to all the saints fans who listen and have contributed in any way at all so like i said every money it comes in we're not we're non-profit we are literally every money goes back into every money goes back into the podcast one way or another the editing system to make us sound good costs 90 quid a month and there's a heap of overheads to keep us going so again thanks very much to everybody there but we have come to the end of another episode Dan that's it as Travelling Wilbury said we're, come, we're coming to the end of the line the Travelling Jubilees see and that's a good example of stuff you can do for what are we calling theme team theme team yeah you struggle with theme team remembering the name of that. I do struggle with it. Notice that when I was listening back last week. A couple of times. You called it what? They call it time team. Time. With uh, Paul, what's his name? Tony Robinson. I imagine he's just going to dig up a whole world of Keiths. Seems to have plenty of them buried. We've discovered that, haven't we? <laughs> wow. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to Jim. Thanks for everybody contributing to Theme Team. Thanks to Lynn. Thanks to Nori, who's will be uploading this onto YouTube. And most importantly this week, we need to say thanks to Daniel Lamb and his team at Flonix Limited for again sponsoring the show this week. As you know, Flonix offer flexible IT support, professional IT project delivery, and expert IT advice. And they're also, they do IT that I think is nice, Dan. <laughs> Does your IT need a mentor? <laughs> well, Flonix are your friends. And they sponsor the Doggers with Pride. Yeah, and we're very, very proud to have them uh, on board and obviously very grateful for, to Dan and everyone at Flonix for uh, supporting the podcast yet again this week. Brilliant stuff. And that's us, so... From myself and Dan, we'll see you next week.